the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. Let me give you a very warm welcome to our Let the Bible Speak broadcast this evening. And we trust that God's Word indeed will speak afresh to our hearts. And each and every one of us will know His blessing, which maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Our Bible reading tonight is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 23. And we're commencing to read at the verse 33 through to verse 43. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. 
Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocking him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. One of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly? But we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word. We're going to bow together and ask for the Lord's help and the Lord's blessing on our broadcast this evening. Heavenly Father, we come again into thy holy presence and we come through that name which is above every name, the name of thy Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to give you thanks for thyself, for thou art God, eternal, unchangeable, the only wise God. And we thank you for thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. And as we join together tonight on this broadcast, we pray for your presence, your blessing, your help. And we ask indeed that your word will speak afresh to our hearts. We just ask, Lord, that you will perfect that which concerns each one, help each one to cast their care upon thee, for your word tells us you care for us, and help us this night in the proclamation of thy truth. Write it indelibly upon our hearts. For we ask this in our Savior's name. Amen. I'd like to take as our text this evening the words that are recorded in verse 33 of the portion of Scripture we read together. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. The theme of our message tonight is converted or condemned at Calvary. Calvary, of course, is a very, very important place, and all roads in the Bible lead to it. The Apostle Paul, as far as he was concerned, Calvary was everything to him, and all other things were secondary. Writing to the church at Corinth, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in the verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. However, the cross of Christ and his wonderful message is not welcomed by all. 
Whilst Calvary was the place of deliverance, it was also the place of division. To some it was the power of God and salvation, but to others it was foolishness. Again, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 at the verse 18, where the Apostle Paul says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. On Golgotha's hill that day, there were, of course, three crosses erected. You see, our text says, There they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. John, speaking of Calvary, says in his gospel in chapter 19, in the verse 18, where they crucified him and two others with him, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. There was the cross of Christ. Then there was the cross of conversion. And there was the cross of condemnation. The cross of condemnation, where a man sadly died in his sin. Then there was the cross of conversion, where a man died to his sin. Then there was the cross of Christ, where a man died for our sin. And as we consider our theme this evening, Converted or Condemned at Calvary, I trust that you will know that wonderful experience of salvation which one of those thieves on the cross experienced and enjoyed that day. Now, first of all, I want to draw your attention to the cross of condemnation. Here is a man at Calvary, yet sadly he dies in his sin. The unrepentant thief, a malefactor, an evildoer, he hardened his heart against the Savior. Verse 39 of our reading says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged reeled on him, saying, If thou be Christ... Save thyself and us. Now, something worth noting there is that he is so close to the Savior. He is within speaking distance, and he is within hearing distance. And what an opportunity was presented to him, but he despised that God-given opportunity, and sadly, he dies in his sin right beside the Savior of sinners. We read in Isaiah chapter 45 and the verse 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. The tragedy was that he failed to look to Christ for salvation that day, but he did something else. You see, the Bible says in verse 39 that he reeled on Christ. And one of the malefactors which were hanged reeled on him. Now that word reeled is very, very important. 
It carries the same meaning as the word blasphemy that is recorded in Matthew 12 and 31. Jesus said, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And what is happening here, folks, is this. He is committing the sin of blasphemy, and blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, is the unpardonable sin. It will not be forgiven unto men. So sadly, instead of looking to Christ that day and calling upon him for salvation, he used his final earthly moments and his parting breath to blaspheme Christ and to commit the unpardonable sin. What a tragedy for someone to die that way. But then he not only reels on Christ, but having committed the unpardonable sin, he rejects Christ. It is my earnest prayer and heart's desire that no one listening to this broadcast will ever do as he did, will ever reel on Christ or blaspheme the Holy Spirit or reject the Savior. So close to the Savior, yet he dies in his sin. He was only interested that day in physical deliverance, but he had no interest in any spiritual deliverance. Sadly, he lost both. It's important to note that in his reeling against Christ, Jesus never spoke a word to him. This man, he did a lot of talking there, and he used his tongue to blaspheme and reject the Savior, which he should have used to call upon the Savior and be saved. Now Jesus has nothing to say to him. And how sad when people do finally reject the Lord Jesus Christ and then they find that they are rejected of him. Then there is the cross of conversion. And what a difference there is here between these two malefactors. Verse 42 says, And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. This man died to his sin. Unlike his comrade who died in his sin, and he was reconciled to God. You will notice that he challenged his comrade. In the verse 40 he said, Dost not thou fear God? It was as if he was saying to his comrade in crime, here you are hanging on this cross. In a few moments, you will be in eternity. Your life on this earth will be no more. And all you can do is reel and reject the Savior. Man, do you not fear God? Now, that was a very big question. That was a very, very important question. And I put that question to you this evening. 
Do you fear God? Do you fear him enough to trust him as your savior? Maybe you fear people. You fear what people may think of you or say about you. You maybe fear what they would say or think if you became a Christian. And the fear of man, the Bible says, brings a snare. But we need to fear God because it is with him that all of us have to do. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, and the verse 28, we find here the words of Jesus. And he said, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I trust that there is a reverential fear in your heart of God and that you're not like those of whom the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3 in the verse 18 when he said, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now sadly, we live in a world when many people live their lives with no fear or reverence of God. He challenged his comrade that day. But more than that, he confessed his sin that day. In the verse 41, he said to his comrade, we receive the due reward of our deeds. In other words, we have sinned. And this is the consequence. This is the result of our sin. He is acknowledging his sin and his guilt, something that the other never did. Now, the Bible reminds us that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the consequences of sin is revealed in Romans chapter 6 and the verse 23, for there the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the first epistle of John in chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Therefore, we have to face up to this sad and solemn truth that all of us are sinners by nature and by practice. But the good news of the gospel is this, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He says in 1 John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And note the detail there. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ, for who can forgive sins but God only? So he challenged his comrade that day 
And then he confessed his own sin, and he did something else. He called upon Christ. In verse 42, he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And the moment he called upon Christ, he was immediately forgiven. He was immediately converted. Because Jesus, in response to his word, said in verse 43, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Instantaneous conversion. One moment he's hanging on that cross, condemned in his sin. Then, having called upon Christ, the next moment he's saved by God's sovereign grace. And his cross was not the place of condemnation like his comrade. His cross was the place of conversion. I wonder, have you ever confessed your sin to God? Have you called upon Christ to be saved? The good news is this, that you can. You should and you must. The Bible tells us we must be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that man called that day on Christ and was saved. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No matter who we are, no matter what the past has been, no matter how great our sins, there's mercy with the Lord. Fanny Crosby, the great hymn writer, wrote those beautiful words, The vilest offender who truly believes... This moment from Jesus, a pardon receives. And the repentant thief is proof of that. Then, last but not least, there is the cross of Christ. Our text says, verse 33, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. The cross of condemnation, where a man sadly died in his sin. The cross of conversion, where gladly a man died to his sin. And we have the cross of Christ, where a man died for our sin. His cross was the place of substitution. You see, Christ did not die for any sin of his own, for he had no sin. The Bible says he was the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. The one who knew no sin, did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. He could stand before the enemies of his day and say, which of you can convince me of sin? And there wasn't one of them could open their mouth in honest condemnation against him because every charge they brought against Jesus Even Pilate knew that it was out of envy. It was a false charge. Even 
this repenting thief, says of Christ, this man had done nothing amiss. However, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The Lord Jesus Christ was crucified for you and me. He took our place. He paid the price of our sin. He bore the wrath of God for us. He took our punishment, shed his precious blood, satisfied the demands of divine justice. For as the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 2, 20, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good, that we might go at last to heaven saved by his precious blood. It was not only the place of substitution, it was the place of sacrifice. Sin could only be atoned for by the shedding of blood. Adam's sin in the garden could not be covered with fig leaves. Blood had to be shed to cleanse and to cover his sin. True are the words of the hymn, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. A sacrifice was needed for our sin. Christ willingly became that sacrifice. Matthew in his gospel says in chapter 20 and verse 28, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give his life a ransom for many. P.P. Bliss wrote that wonderful hymn, Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the stain, but Christ, the heavenly Lamb, takes all our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name, richer blood than they. It was the place of salvation. Isaiah says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You and I, like the repentant thief, can call upon him and be eternally saved. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. There may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Friend, Make sure you do not die like one of those thieves in your sin. Make sure, like the other, you call upon Christ and are eternally saved, and you can. For that purpose, Jesus died on the cross for you. And he says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh I will in no wise cast out. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you write these thoughts upon our hearts. Bless each one who is tuned in, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. 
We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.